0: Some people say I look like my dad.
1: What? Are you <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, hey. Uh-oh. Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guests, actors Jillian Farge and Garwin Sanford to the show! Welcome, you too. It's so exciting to have you. Oh, it's exciting to be here. Thank you. It is. Thank
0: you for asking.
1: And, and of course, we're here to talk about life-size. But before we do, I thought it would be great to have both of you talk about your beginnings into the entertainment industry. What inspired you to go for acting?
2: Um, Well, I had no idea that I wanted to be an actor, quite frankly. Uh, I thought I wanted to be a social worker. But I ended up doing a show that was about um, adolescent suicide, and it was uh, part of the part of the mandate for the show is that you had to volunteer for the crisis line, and that's what interested me—the crisis line part. So I ended up in the show and realized that I could, that my voice could go farther, that my impact could be on more people than just one-on-one. So I went from thinking I was going to be a social worker to being an actor.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting because <laughs> I. Uh, my- my major in college was um in university when i went was um uh sociology and psychology i did a double major
2: Oh and my goodness i was <laughs> intending
0: to you know kind of move into that direction as well but life changed and i ended up uh flying uh, that was my next thing i ended up wanting to be a pilot so i got my private license in um New Brunswick and then went to Toronto and and Toronto, the airport and started working on my commercial and then I went out to BC to get mountain rated and do my uh, VFR, IFR and to try and get um, uh, multi-engine and mountain stuff and while I was doing that, I heard about uh, this place called Studio 58 and it was a place that, it would be a free audition, I'd always thought it'd be fun to just see what an audition was, I'd never done anything, I hadn't, hadn't even seen a play in my life. And the person who recommended that I go there said, Well, they'll never get let you in. Out of four hundred people they take sixteen. So I did the audition, made every mistake you can make. And Anthony Holland, who was running the place, asked me a lot of questions and said, What are you doing here? Like he you know, so I told him that I was, you know, just interested in auditioning. It was fine, I was a little nervous, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. Well, two weeks later I get a letter in the mail saying I was accepted into the program. So I phoned him up and said, I think you've made a mistake. Does this mean I'm in the program? <laughs> And the next thing I know, they said, yes. And I went, okay. So I went and looked at it, and it was acting, Shakespeare, voice, mime, all this stuff. And I thought, okay, dance. And then it said fencing. And I went, fencing, too. So I decided to go for four, just for one month, one term, four months, just to see
1: one another amazing thing you guys both have in common besides acting of course is your roles in life size so garwin you play richie and jillian you play ellen and i love these two roles in the film because i love how they develop more of the side characters in this position because they have so much to work with but what were the auditions like for the process of the film well
2: i i came into the process quite late um I think they had seen almost everybody in the city apart from me. Uh, I, I, do mo- I had that doing mostly theater, so I wasn't generally available for film, film and television. But I think they were having such a hard time finding this part. And so I decided that, sure, I'll go to this audition, again, not thinking that I would ever get a part. And I guess I went in with such a different hit on her that they just right there and then said, Yep, yeah, great. So it was, yeah, it was kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, the story for me is that uh, at that time I was doing all film. And in fact, at the time that I filmed Life Size, I was doing leads in two other movies. And what was surprising is that they actually all worked it out. I was able; I would literally film two days on one movie, go to another movie for another day, go to the, another movie for three days, and then back to the first movie for, for or whatever. It was really interesting. But somehow all three projects, the ADs, It all worked out, They the schedule, they were able to do it. But when I auditioned, uh, it was during one of those flurries of really busy time, and when I saw what the part was, I thought, well, I'm going to get really flamboyant with the guy, just send him over the top a bit, right? And especially the scene that they did was when I first see Tyra's character. I walk along and and, and stop and then run back and have a look, well, hello there. So I started to really push that and have some fun with it, and the producers were laughing and laughing and laughing. So I didn't know if this was good or not, (laughs) but it turned out it was. Uh, But it was good. I I really enjoyed the process uh, in the room at that time. I think that's one of the reasons. They were looking for someone who could really, like, was having fun with life, right, and was a bit (laughs) self-absorbed. So I played with that.
1: (laughs) I like that they take two different stereotypes. You know, with Ellen, she could just be completely mean throughout the film and be considered a villain. And and Richie, he could just be considered a womanizer throughout the entire thing. And there really is no clear villain in the film. It's just about humanity and, and learning life lessons. So, you know, first with Ellen, um, she she gets to have, like, a really nice Cute little makeover by Eve. Like it's not too much, where it's completely model esque. You know, it's 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 just an, it's just enough to really have more confidence in yourself. And I feel like so many girls nowadays. I don't know if you agree, Jillian, but it's you know a lot of it's about appearance. And and I could totally relate with Ellen. You know, I never was interested in makeup or looking pretty because I didn't feel pretty anyways. And 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 that's how Ellen feels. But Ellen, but Eve kind of shows her a different route. Yeah. Well, she
2: she gave her the two or the ability to see herself as something other than unseeable Um, I think that Ellen absolutely felt invisible in that office absolutely invisible and just put her head down and figured she'd never get the fellow she's in love with so just put all of it into the work just focus on your work and do a good job and that's how you'll get recognized and even that didn't get her any recognition and it just took someone reaching out and seeing her to let her see herself
0: yeah nice to put because that was that, the term went visible that's how Richie felt like he, when he, when you had stepped out it wasn't just that you changed your look it's that you had changed how you saw the world and yeah. when he turns and finally sees you he goes whoa, wait a minute is that who, you know? so that, and what i liked about this thing is exactly the same thing for Richie. there was an arc actually for this what would have normally been a two-dimensional character, right? The womanizing guy, as you mentioned, right? And he gets to actually have a bit of a journey, right? And also, you know, as an actor, he gets slapped by Tyra Banks. Not many people get to say that.
1: It's really really wonderful to see these characters go through their own arc, and I love the very end because they bring you back for the song and dance number, be a star. So how long did it take to film that and and learn the dance? I never (laughs) learned the dance. That was
2: mortifying for me. (laughs) i did not want to be in that dance and Anne marie uh said oh no jillian jillian should be in this dance and i was like no 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 and i i honestly if i think they tried to cut around me because i'm hardly in that dance because i was so bad yeah i thought that was i thought we were supposed to
0: be doing our characters as well. well,
2: I was doing my character because that is certainly who I am as a human being, and I, all you can do is draw on yourself, so that was, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I can't remember. We re- actually rehearsed that. Um, I, I think we got together once before we shot it, and the choreographer yeah. came in, and we worked on it for a while, and then they talked about the steps, and then on the day, we just did it a bunch of times. We just kept turning on the music and going, and, and uh, I, I had a Great time! I've taken a lot of dance classes in that theater school. Studio 58 is the one both of us went to, and I—I I don't know about you, Jillian, but without it, I would never have been an actor. That program is renowned for its ability to uh, train up really good actors, and it's why I have a career. There's no doubt that school is, and it's still running. Uh, in fact, I'm in—I'm the head of the film branch of Studio 58 now. I've gone back, and we have a film school. We shoot 24 short films every year. And uh, we're getting the same reputation that the theater branch does. So I'm really proud of that. That school has been quite the place.
2: Yeah, it's an extraordinary place. I'm actually teaching there right now, too. I just taught a class this morning. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing we have in common.
1: Well, talk about some of your other co-stars. We have a a young Lindsay Lohan. I think this was, like, right after Parent Trap. And and Tyra Banks, who's an up-and-coming model. Yeah, Yeah. she was just
2: starting America's Next Top Model. That's right. She was yeah. just starting that show. Well, sorry, so that's she true. Was, she was, She
0: got much more famous after that show, but
2: yeah, she had been but one she of was, America's top was, models at the time. But she, she was, was a supermodel, and she was fantastic. She was great.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we used to talk about, when, uh, for me, when she was all dolled up, and then when she would just arrive on set in jeans, and she still she had this quality about her, right, that you can't deny. There's an it factor that you can't teach or describe, but she was very, very personable. Um, I mean, we could talk about we talked about peanut butters uh, and banana sandwiches. Um, <laughs> we were both fans of it. And I said, well, have you ever tried mashing the peanut butter and the banana together? So it's kind of a paste and try that. She goes, no. I said, yeah, you add a tiny bit of honey and it. it's like, anyway. So she came back the next day. She goes, I tried it. My gosh, it was good. So a very simple person, very uh, down to earth. Uh, it was a very real joy working with her. Talk about life size too, and then it gets shut down. And then there was. So, do you know of anything? Is, are they going to go ahead with that or not?
1: The last thing I heard was that Tyra said that's definitely happening, and I was actually going to ask you guys that. I didn't know for sure if they reached out to you to have you come back and reprise your roles. But if they haven't, if they did, would you be would you be interested in coming back as Ellen and Richie? <laughs> Happily married with teenage kids, you bet.
0: Yeah, always.
1: always. <laughs> Both have been yeah. doing so much. Do you want to mention some recent projects that our listeners can get excited for and look forward to seeing? Well, I just I just finished
2: doing a a bunch more on Bates, so that will be out. I'm in this their last season, so that I'm I'm pretty excited about. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean. There's lots going on in the city right now, and I've been very busy. I've been very lucky. But, you know, I kind of don't... I always sort of forget what I've done. I do it, and then I walk away and... Yeah. <laughs> and move on to the next thing. But... um uh, I do also do this thing uh, on the Hallmark Channel, the Murder She Baked series. It, uh, it's a great, great series. Um, they're, they're films, they're movies, but they're it's like a. There's five of them that we've done so far, and they're murder mysteries. It's they're pretty fun. So I play the mayor's wife on that. So very oh, okay. different from Ella Ellen. So I'm I'm moving up in the
0: world. <laughs> the mayor's wife.
2: Yes. It's a movie called Live Like Line that we filmed this summer, a feature film. Uh, It hasn't been released yet, but it's based on a true story of the found family. And it's a profoundly beautiful story about a man who goes through some incredible loss and he loses his daughter and his wife and a volleyball team that rally around him and they come together and find a way to move through this terrible tragedy. So it's Helen Hunt and William Hurt and they're the two sort of big names in the movie. And it's just a, an amazingly beautiful story and the gentleman whose story it was, Ernie Found, was on set with us and, and I think this movie will be incredibly inspiring. So I am actually really proud of that one.
0: And that's another thing we have in common because they actually did offer me the role of the principal, but we couldn't work out the dates. Ah. I was the principal of the school. I read for it, and uh, they were going to hire me, and we couldn't work out the dates. There were school dates that they couldn't work around.
2: I'm sorry you missed that one. That was Mm -hmm. a really good project. I'm sorry you missed it. Yeah,
0: I I am, too. I was, and the director, what's his name again? Do you remember?
2: Sean McNamara?
0: Yes. The guy was a delight to work in the room, right, when I auditioned for it, And, 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 we, we kind of clicked. I really enjoyed it. I would have loved to have done it because most of my scenes were with Helen. Um, I just did a guest star on Arrow. It just aired recently. Um, uh, so it, I'm, it ends up, I'm the father of Prometheus, which was kind of fun. So I die a really nice death. Uh, but there's a feature that I just did called The Bird Watcher, uh, which has had a theatrical release in Toronto, and then they're looking for uh, distribution in the States. And we got nine nominations um, for... Writing, directing. I got one for acting. Um, So that's a really nice little project. Uh, Gabriel Rose is is in it, and Camille Sullivan. So it was a treat. Really, really fine actors. It was one of my uh, uh, one of the projects I'm most proud of my whole career. And it was just a low budget feature. It was really well done, and it's received every film festival it's been in. It's won uh, best film. It's won best directing. Uh, Camille won the uh, Leo for Performing in it, and so she also won the actor award for performing in it as well. So I'm really pleased with that project. Um, I also did some hallmark. I've done um, a couple of recurring roles in the last year. One for Cedar Cove, and one for When Calls the Heart. And then I did a hallmark movie with Brenda Strong, uh, where we played uh, supporting leads, and uh, one of the four. I was the fourth lead in that, um, and it was uh, called Love by Chance.
1: wait to see all these projects finally especially the tv shows and the film i I really am excited because i love checking out everything you guys do because you both are so talented so i can't thank you guys enough for coming on the show but before we end i have three disney themed questions i ask each of my guests so i call them the fab three so we'll start with the donald question which is as a child what disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater probably mary poppins uh i
2: I think that was one of the first movies that I saw, I, my, my parents weren't fans of animation, so they always took us to live action. So when I, when I was at Mary Poppins and they walked into the cartoon, I was so excited because <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons
0: oh, and I was English. getting
2: away with it yeah. um, and you know what a sweet story. Like, it doesn't get much better than Mary Poppins. I think the first
0: one, the first movie that I ever saw in the theater was Herbie the Love Bug, I think.
1: And our Goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? (laughs) Grumpy from The Seven Dwarfs.
0: Who would be my best friend? Oh, I think Goofy.
1: And finally, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind?
2: Uh, Wish Upon a Star, Jiminy Cricket. Uh,
0: the one from uh, Beauty and the Beast.
1: I love it I love well the only one that was in my head this entire week was be a star so I guess I have to close out with saying <laughs> shine bright shine far be a star <laughs> I'm oh, sorry I had great. to my horrible pun so thank you both for coming on the show this was a lot of fun
0: <laughs> well thanks for having us nice to talk thanks, with you thanks Tammy
1: too. yeah and you too Garwin we'll, we'll see you back in Vancouver
0: yeah Would you, uh, care to dance?
1: Oh, yeah.